We at Refuge Ministries are so blessed by the success of Refuge Freedom Stories and podcasts. In addition, we focus on youth prison ministry, release kits, and many other diverse outreaches to the needs of our community. As a nonprofit, there are many costs involved, however, and we are asking for your support. Financial gifts can be made via our website at www.refugeministriescanada.com or by calling 519-701-0108. Your giving makes this work possible, and we thank you in advance for your support. God bless you. Welcome to Refuge Freedom Stories. I'm your guest host, Johnny T. And today, my guest is Rich Kozak. Rich has spent nearly two decades becoming a global branding executive with partners in 21 countries and for companies across hundreds of industries. Rich has served as an award-winning president of the American Marketing Association, the AMA, in Southern California, and as VP of Business Marketing on the elected AMA International Board of Directors. Rich is also the visionary founder and CEO of Rich Brands, guiding people today in making your brand come alive and accelerating your impact. And a passionate speaker inspiring business entrepreneurs and teenage entrepreneurs on how to take the action that gives their brand the clarity and alignment that is missing. Rich, it's a pleasure to have you here today on the show. Johnny, it's really a pleasure for me. I love what your podcast does. I love what it stands for. And I believe that our conversation today will touch people's hearts who are listening to this and will be a blessing not only to their business, but to their life. Leadership became part of my world through the example of others. Although from a young age, I created businesses, which is kind of unilateral leadership. You know, you're leading yourself. So it's not really leadership as we're talking about it here, where you're creating a vision for others to follow. But in watching some of the people that I had the blessing to work for or work with, who were not only good examples of, let's call it business leadership, or in some cases, church leadership, or in some cases, you know, sales leadership, depending on what their roles were, but also life leadership, they were congruent in their business with their personal life. They had a servant's heart in the way they did their business, in the way they led. And those are the ones that touched my heart and gave me examples of ways that I want to be when I grow up or want to be when I have the opportunity to be the leader. And I think we all experience that to some extent. And I felt that I was blessed to have a few of those kind of people in my life early on. So you talk about the impacts that they had in your life, one of those being in a church environment. And I know that you're involved in your church choir. You play the violin. I do. So tell me about your journey of faith, how those impacts not only led you in leadership, but also led you in your walk in faith. Well, I'm going to start with my mom. I was 14 and I think I knew everything by that time. (laughs) And I had started my first business at 13. I was painting houses. I literally was playing in a rock band at 14 and booking bands and fraternities. So it's like 14 was quite the entrepreneur, but I always had a really good 
the relationship with mom. And my mom comes from people in the South who deep, deep faith, happened to be Baptist. My father came from Presbyterian, Czechoslovakian immigrants. So again, people of faith, they were brought over by people of faith. And my mom and I were talking and she said to me something that I never forgot. So she says to me, Richard, I've known ever since I was young that my relationship with Jesus Christ is real. And my mom never lied to me. And even though I was a 14-year-old know-it-all entrepreneur and my parents were uplifters, so if I wanted to play violin, oh, Richard, how can we help you? Oh, I want to be on the tennis team. Oh, Richard, how can we help you? I want to be in the district dramatics and be in the, oh, how can we help you? Oh, I want to go to East Coast Mountain. Well, how can we help you? You know, it's like it was Empowerment City where I grew up. And I realized many people don't have that environment. And it was also church-focused. We went to church on Sundays. So my mom, I can remember when she was the superintendent of the Sunday school. <laughs> she was not a leader. She did play piano, however, and I think that's what got her the job. <laughs> my father sang in the choir, and then my sister and I sang in the church. So it's like, you know, we went to youth fellowship meetings, but that's just what we did. And when it came time for confirmation class, you know, we did that, and we got confirmed as members of the church, and that's just what we did. So my awareness of whatever scripture and whatever stories and whatever background in faith they gave in the Methodist church at that time, I got that. And I was paying attention. But that moment with my mom, I believe that and watching leadership in the home, leadership of a family, leadership of love, her name should have been Grace. She was such an amazing person and came from amazing people. So I didn't know at that time how to say this, but I'll say it now that there was a great legacy passed to me at the time I chose to take it. And it was clear to me, we were cleaning out the house. We had moved her into a rest home. She died two years ago at 100 years and five months. Wow. So we were cleaning out the house because we had moved mom into a senior living center. And I found Bibles. I found my mom's Bible, I found my dad's Bible. And they were filled with notes and articles and cards and, you know, challenges about things that had come up in the home and, and, and things they were reading and things, you know, and scriptures underlined and notes in the margins. And I realized I'd come from people who read their Bible for God's will in their life. And I was fairly old at that time. You know, I wasn't 10, I wasn't 20, I was in my 60s. And it was clear that's a legacy that I inherited. So I sat down with one of my sons, bought him breakfast, and then slid those Bibles across the table and said, check this out. I want you to put your hand on these and know that this is your legacy when you choose to accept it, that you come from people who read the word to ask God for his will in their life. But not everybody's like that. I agree. So that's the first one. I have several, and in the interest of time, I'll hit the high points, but my marriage, meeting a woman, getting to know her for several years, and then choosing to marry, I can remember the day I was married, standing at the front of the church, looking back and seeing her with her father holding his hand and thinking, I am the luckiest man in the world that I get to marry this woman and I get to commit to her for the rest of my life and that she is doing the same. I just felt like the luckiest man in the world. And look, I got to tell you, Johnny, when I think about that, I can close my eyes and you can even hear it in my voice. Mm -hmm. I tear up because I can still feel that feeling. It's that right. It's that clear. And God's will is definitely in the relationship that we have. We had a fire at our home in 2003, and we were gone. My wife and I and our sons were 21 and 18 at the time, and we got a call at 7 in the morning on the East Coast, and it was 4 back here. Your house is on fire, and your sons are outside, so they're okay, but your house is on fire. 40-foot-tall flames. The fire trucks are on their way. 
after the fire, I had resigned my addictive career. I ran a high-tech ad agency. I was head of new business and we had partners in 21 countries and I was doing all-nighters at 50 and I changed my prayer. Lord, I'm going to resign this addictive career to reshape my life. Show me what you want me to do. I'm ready. That was my prayer. And I mm. prayed it for several months until I made the clean break with the person that I'd worked for and supported. And because we were dear friends and we still are. And I was in show me mode. Show me what you want me to do. I'm ready. My job was to listen and let God show me. So I was in show me mode. So a guy would come over and talk to us about flooring. And then he'd say, you know, things happened at church this week. And I'd say, hey, tell me about that. I'm in show me mode. So he would start mm. talking and I'm thinking, he's not here for me to learn about flooring. He's here for me to hear his faith journey and to witness. You know, it's like, well, I started because I had said it and I meant it. And I was still, I'm still in show me mode. It's yeah. really, yeah, I mean, and great, praise God. And by the way, today I work only with individuals. I am a branding consultant and I'm still in show me mode. And people come into my life like a woman from Africa was referred to me and she was a writer and an attorney. And she had moved to the West Coast after leaving a law firm in Washington, looking for the next step. And somebody talked with her to dinner and said, you need to talk to Rich Kozak. And we talked for several months and literally, crafted the language of diversity, equity, and inclusion for the next generation of corporate leaders, naming that quality that they need to imbue, you know, in their upcoming corporate leaders that will take the business to another level of leveraging the true power of natural diversity, the kind of diversity that God sees when he makes the world like he does. Who gets that? I mean, so anyway, <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, I mentioned at 50, I prayed, I'm going to resign to reshape my life. Show me why I do. I'm ready. So you think that would be it. And now I just in show me mode. And yeah, but when it came clear to me, when people started asking me years later to help them with their brands, literally happened like three in a row, month one, month two, month three. And I took them on to make money and to help them because I love them and I know I could help them. So I created this process that we use for big companies, but I created it for an individual and started doing that. And by the time I was done, the third one, it was pretty darn good. And I look up and say, Lord, am I branding? I mean, am I supposed to be doing this? Because I quit this. <laughs> you know? mm -hmm. And so I'm sitting in the choir loft one day and I must have been hearing a message and it came to me it, like the dots connected. If what I'm doing is listening, because I'm a heart connector and people will say that. And so I literally put it on my desired brand triangle that I connect with people's hearts and I envision what their possibilities are. It's part of the gift and it's a blessing and I get to do it. And what I do is I help them pull from their heart those people they clearly see impacting through their work or their business or their gift or their calling. And we write down who those types of people are and the highest level impact they clearly see in their mind's eye making on those people. So these individuals are more about impact than they are about money. They're about impact and they know their work or their gift can really touch others' lives. It could be anything. They could be integrating software to make a company an intelligent enterprise, or they could be removing a weight off of somebody's shoulders of something that happened during their childhood. They could be giving them a process that will make their business more efficient, or they could be life coaching them to step into their power. It could be anything. It doesn't matter. Branding and marketing are the same process. It's just a process. And Johnny, I've been doing it for 46 years. So it came to me, this is God's work. At the time, I was involved in a multi-level marketing company because when I left the agency, I chose residual income business to get into because I didn't want to go back and get addicted to a job. Mm -hmm. And I met an international training in, of all places, Charlotte, North Carolina, home of Billy Graham, I would point <laughs> out. And I was raised on Billy Graham. I can see our family sitting around the TV watching Billy Graham. 
Yeah, I love Billy Graham. I don't know if you went to the World's Fair when it was outside New York City. Billy Graham had a pavilion. It was one of the biggest pavilions. It was like, I mean, I was five or six or something like that, but I can remember sitting at the top row. It's Sunday morning and there's a church service run by, you know, the independent reps and they're singing and playing guitars. I mean, it's a pretty big deal. Really well done. They meet there a couple hours before they practice. And the preacher does a marvelous sermon and then they do a, a soft altar call. And, you know, we're talking about 25,000 people and maybe a quarter of them, are, they're young in their life and they're looking for something else. And so they're doing MLM in addition to their job, or they don't have a job or, you know, whatever it is, they're in that shapeable, moldable kind of thing. But a lot of them are unchurched, period. And so they say, you know what, things going on in your life, thing you're struggling with, thing you're having trouble, why don't you come on up to the side of the stage? Let us give you some literature. You know, it was a kind of a soft altar mm -hmm. call. It wasn't Billy Graham with the music, mm -hmm. you know, everything. It was just a soft yeah. altar call. And I stood up after this, and I'm sitting standing there going like, you know, I love this company. It's like an outreach mission for Christ. And look at this, even if you weren't raised in the faith, this can happen. But even if you were, and you know, your faith is over here in one hand and your business is over here in the other hand, and they're not connected. And I'm like, uh-oh, <laughs> that's me, right? And I'm thinking, okay, I'm going down there. And I start walking to the stage. And it was why I was way up in the top, like way up, like I had a long walk. And on the way down, I'm thinking, what am I doing this for? What, what am I doing? What am I going to do differently? And on the way down, I made the decision to restart my faith mm. as a new Christian, as if I were a new convert and to do whatever that meant. Because my faith, which I'd had forever, and my business is, I wouldn't say they're incongruent, but they're certainly not connected. And why not? <laughs> okay. Mm. If mm. we're only here for two reasons, the Bible tells us to share love and praise God and everything else is man-made. What am I doing? Mm -hmm. Not connecting <laughs> what I do for a living with, you know, okay. And so I go down there, I take the literature and instead of going to the team meeting, I go back to my hotel room and I start reading the Billy Graham. And it says, you know, if you're new to Christianity, start on page one. If you're coming back, you know, start on page four. So anyway, I'm reading this stuff and it says, okay, read this chapter, read this chapter. And I pull out the Bible and I just started right then. And every morning I read the word, but not to check a list. I read the word, and if my daily devotional says read, you know, from, you know, today it was a Luke chapter 18 verses 1 to 18. I'll read the whole chapter. I'll read the chapter before it and then that chapter, you know, and, and I'll just sit and meditate on it. And I'll mm -hmm. ask beforehand, Lord, let me hear your will, what you want me to get out of this. Things start changing when you do that. Agreed. Shift happens. I'm just saying. <laughs> and it's like, praise God. Mm -hmm. It's a different world when his will is first. And the prayer is, Lord, make me a bastion of your will in my personal life, in my business relationships, in my marriage. Your will first. Make it clear to me and make every decision, every thought I have, a decision I make congruent with your will. The world has a saying that's very similar to shift happens, but it's missing <laughs> the F. So it's missing the faith. <laughs> Good for you, brother. Mm -hmm. So that decision was a God moment. And what I have learned is that my path, young man, entrepreneur and all that, and then not knowing what I wanted to do or not what I wanted to be, you know, people say, Hey, what do you want to be on oh, fireman? You know, I can be saying, I'm like successful. I'm running businesses. Everything I'm doing is successful. And they go, what do you want to be? And I'm like, Hey, it's a great, Hey, how about that sunshine? It's like, I don't even want to talk about it because I had no idea. And I become a global branding consultant who tells companies what they must become to be successful at their business strategy. The irony of that has never eluded me. Mm -hmm. That is, we teach what we need. That is God's way of getting us where he needs us. And so what I, you know, when I quit, like, I don't know whether God was up there going like, oh my God, I give him the <laughs> gift, you know, but he knew already. So and then when I come around, it's like, whoa, this is God's work. 
now it feels like love. And Johnny, I was on with a client a one minute right before I jumped on with you. And it was the seventh today. It's not work. Mm -hmm. It is, I get to do this. It's coming from my heart. It flows through me. I am really good at it. I help people write books that put stakes in the ground that help them move forward into their purpose because I heart connect. We define and language the brand they must become to make those impacts that we wrote down. And boy, everything they say and do after that is clear. People lack clarity. They lack clarity. And what I do is I help them get really foundational clarity and then speak consistent language language that transfers energy. It doesn't matter whether it's, you know, a calling like you have, you're going to step into being a faith leader or being a voice of leadership with a specific kind of aspect to it, or somebody that has a unique process or somebody that has a product that's going to help other people's lives. It doesn't matter. Everyone is unique. And when people realize that when they do the work to find and language a brand, and let's call it an umbrella brand, where every spoke of the umbrella is a piece of them. And so instead of people looking at somebody and go, well, you do that, but you do that, but I don't get it. Like, how can you do? They look at it and they go, oh, that makes sense. <laughs> it's because the brand has been defined. Brands just don't happen. And they're not about creating some trick thing, particularly when people want to make an impact on others' lives. They brands come from inside them. And that's what I get to do. And so when people hear this and they go, I never really thought about branding that way. And that it's a process, it's steps. Mm. They just need to know that when they want to make an impact on people's lives and impact is more important to them, even than money, because when you define it and language it, everything the brand says and does aligns and you race to the impact. And then you end up stepping into your purpose and people that find me, they think it's about business. And we start through brand accelerator group, which is a seven day thing that lasts over eight weeks when all that work is done. And then they are completely defined in language and they're like, oh my God, this is amazing. And they realize that they now have created a magnet of language and a magnet of meaning that no one else can copy, praise God. And they get to step out and do their work. It's pretty right. remarkable. They don't expect that they're going to be stepping into their future purpose. So not your normal branding person. See, <laughs> we created my signature speech list. And yeah, that's the name of my book, Impact Driven Branding, Seven Steps to Ensure Your Brand Impacts People's Lives in the World. We're launching here in a couple of weeks. But the last signature speech is when does branding become God's work? Literally, when does branding become God's work? And so it's almost like saying, we'll talk to you about branding and straight talk you can trust. It's like branding people and straight talk, boy, oh, are you kidding me? That's the language of my brand. And I know that one of your books is called Impact, and you talked about it in this part of your conversation where passion and purpose makes a difference. And I 100% agree that success shouldn't be based on the numbers. It's got to be based on the passion that drives that, whether it's a business or a vision or whatever. And, and it made me think as I was getting ready for our talk about Proverbs 29, 18, it says, without a vision, the people perish. And I right think on. that's such a critical aspect of any kind of true success, which only comes when you're plugged into your purpose and God's will for your life. You know, hear, hear, and people often don't connect their business or their, you know, livelihood with that, but it doesn't have to be that way. Our businesses are not why we're here. Mm -hmm. They're just a vehicle. So if we can make them more successful and turn them into a platform from which we can easily step into our 
purpose and get to why we're here and spend our energy there as well as our vehicle. Hey, we get to do that. And that's what impact-driven branding is all about. In the end game, in the short run, it makes a business more successful because it laser focuses the impact and you speed to impact and, and success and results. But in the long run, it's not that long sometimes. It's you get to step into your purpose and live in that place. And it's a very sweet place. The shoes fit really well. It never feels disingenuous when you've created a brand from inside you that's purely you and you get to step into it and it feels like the best suit you ever wore because it fits perfectly. Praise God. And you know what? We count praise God's. Well, people come to my one-day workshop, so I've done 54 of them the last time, and they look down at their step seven going, we do one each step, and they go, oh my God, my brand is like coming alive on paper in front of me. That's just amazing. Praise God. We go, oh, there's another one. We count them. So if you're going to tell our audience one thing about God, what would that one thing be? God has will for your life. You're here for a reason. And his hand is always there. But you got to be looking for it and asking for it. God, what is your will? And watch for the hand. You'll see it. You'll see the hand in a flower. You'll see the hand in the smallest things and the largest thing. It's always there. And it's a choice to open your heart to God's will. It's just a choice. That's the simple version. It is just a choice to open your heart to God's will mm -hmm. and ask for it and follow the voice you hear, follow the hand you see. That was my lesson and I didn't get to it until I got to it. I've met young people who are already at it and they blow me away because I'm so proud and so filled and tell them like they're going to be world changers in their own way. And they probably haven't gone through the swamp yet. They're going to hit the swamp and they're going to question it, but it's like they got it early on. So if someone in our audience wants to find out more about contacting you or getting your books or whatever, where do they go? Just go to our website, Rich Brands, R-I-C-H, my name and brands, what we do, B-R-A-N-D-S dot O-R-G. Right on the homepage, you got two choices. You can get on my Zoom link and talk to me, or you can order our free branding, frequently asked question, straight talk videos, 18 minutes of about eight little videos and it will answer a lot of people's common questions about branding and reset your thinking about what branding really is. If you know you want to move to the next level of what you're doing and you're stuck at the gate of the next level to your brand, you're successful and you're moving or you have a new thing and you want to get it right from the beginning, please go to our website and right on the homepage, there are a couple of events. One is a special half day event called Branding You with impact. It is very inexpensive, 8 to 12 on a Saturday or a Thursday. We, we do it every month because people need to understand what branding is and what isn't. They need to understand what happens when you make the decision to define and language the brand you will become or must become to make those impacts and what happens when you don't. And when you start to realize the reality, please, I have taught this for 46 years and I've lived it, ran a high-tech ad agency, partners in 21 countries, global brand teams. And now seven years going on eight years of helping individuals define and language their personal umbrella brands, even create entities that move forward and into their purpose. You need to understand there is a process right for you if you want to make impact on others' lives through the, your work or through your gift. And this is it. Nobody's teaching it. Branding people don't teach. They don't teach you how to be the champion of your own brand. Come to our website, richbrands.org, pick one of the two buttons right on the homepage, get the free branding frequently asked questions, straight talk videos, 
or get yourself on my calendar for a short Zoom call and talk to me about who you are and where you are and what challenges you have in making what you're doing come alive and touch people's lives. I mean, I don't have to do that, but I love to do it. And I will connect with your heart and praise God, good things will come of it. And I truly believe, as I see it every day, that this process, this impact-driven branding steps and the results of it are a blessing for your business and a blessing for your life. And if that resonates with you, get to richbrands.org. Thank you so much for being on the show, Rich. And it's been a pleasure to uh, talk with you about stepping into someone's purpose for their life. I appreciate that very much. Johnny, thank you for having this podcast that stands for what it stands for. You're amazing. And I'm looking for great things from you. So don't let up, brother. Once was a man Working on a chain gang Laying black top on a highway In a sound lane Many years later On the same old road Driving with his family In a brand new automobile I believe Dreams come alive Miracles for breakfast Happen all the time I believe, I believe, I believe in miracles Oh yes I do Once there was a lady Had to say goodbye to her kids Check into a rehab Try to find herself now she's showing others it's way back home Got to believe, gotta keep holding on I believe dreams come alive Miracles for breakfast happen all the time I believe, I believe, I believe in miracles Oh yes
I hope that you have enjoyed the last half hour as much as I did. Thank you again to Refuge Ministries Canada for hosting the show. So until next Friday, may God richly bless you with peace, love, and happiness. We at Refuge Ministries are so blessed by the success of Refuge Freedom Stories and podcasts. In addition, we focus on youth prison ministry, release kits, and many other diverse outreaches to the needs of our community. As a nonprofit, there are many costs involved, however, and we are asking for your support. Financial gifts can be made via our website at www.refugeministriescanada.com or by calling 519-701-0108. Your giving makes this work possible, and we thank you in advance for your support. That's 519-701-0108. God bless you.